we've always developed unique solutions to support our public lands. These initiatives fit that bill. It's time to better fund Montana's great outdoors by passing both I-190 and CI-118. Yeah. That's Dr. Kasia Booker of the Wild Montana Action Fund, one of MCV's partners in the Public Lands Coalition for 118 and 190, with a key message for voters who care about the public treasures of the treasure state. We're going to entangle both of those ballot measures to fund public lands in a few moments. Welcome to MCV Cast. I'm Aaron Murphy, Executive Director of Montana Conservation Voters. We're pulling someone new into our podcast today, Clara Stein, our intern with the MCV Education Fund. Clara is a junior at Colorado College studying environmental policy, and we're so lucky she's spending a couple months with us. Hi, Clara. Hey, everybody. Political Director Jake Brown is also here, and so is Deputy Director Whitney Taney. Whitney, let's kick things off with a new development in the ongoing offense from Governor Steve Bullock in his fight against William Perry Penley. Yes. A few weeks ago, Governor Bullock won his federal lawsuit when a judge ruled Penley served unlawfully as acting director of the Bureau of Land Management for more than 400 days. Then this week, Governor Bullock doubled down. He asked the court to block controversial actions taken by Penley while serving as acting director. Those actions include opening up hundreds of thousands of acres in Montana to oil and gas drilling near Lewistown and Missoula. We love that Governor Bullock is not backing down on his fight to do right by our public lands and Montanans. So MCV supported this move by joining onto a letter with six other Montana conservation organizations asking Interior Secretary David Bernhardt to vacate these plans and also ask for the immediate removal of Penley, who is serving at the BLM in a senior leadership role. Thanks, Whitney. The unlawful tenure of William Perry Penley at the BLM came into focus during this week's gubernatorial debate. And he's also holding his job currently illegally. And I haven't heard you speak out about whether or not he should leave his job or stay there. But a federal judge just ruled that he should not be in that position because he hasn't held it legally. Congressman, I'd really like to know, you know, are you going to continue to sit by idly and, and let this guy stay in his job, a guy who wants to sell off our public lands? And you say you don't believe in selling off or transferring public lands? Well, you support a guy who does. Montanans deserve to know where you stand on this issue. And I hope you'll let, I hope you'll let us know during this program. Final word to Congressman Gianforte. Well, Pendley, the confirmation is done in the Senate, not in the House. So I don't have a I don't have a say in it. That was MCV's endorsed candidate for governor, Mike Cooney, challenging Congressman Greg Gianforte over his support of William Perry Penley on Tuesday night. And if you listened carefully, you heard Lieutenant Governor Cooney scoff at that very dumb Washington, D.C. answer. Greg Gianforte, a convicted criminal who lied to police, wants to be governor of this state, yet he still doesn't even have the courage to tell the truth. Congressman, give us a break. We are not fooled by politician speak. Until we hear you clearly say otherwise, you support William Perry Penley, an illegal anti-public lands enemy who has worked under your watch, appointed by an administration that you think does no wrong. Congressman Gianforte did say something remarkable. After Lieutenant Governor Cooney brought up the threat of transferring management of federal public lands to states like Montana, a threat Gianforte dismissed as, quote, just rhetoric. There's been bills in the legislature in the last few legislative sessions supporting the transfer of federal lands to the state. We all know what that's going to mean. If the federal government were to transfer all these wonderful federal lands to the state, 
we wouldn't be able to deal with it. We wouldn't be able to manage it. And it's being done because people know that what would happen is the state would have to ultimately sell these lands. And I can tell you, it won't be me. It won't be my fellow Montanans who will be in line to buy those lands. It'll be rich out-of-state people, friends of my opponent, who will be lining up to buy those public lands. That's what we can't afford. So to say to the people of Montana, this isn't possible, that's, that's, that's not true. And I just think that I will be a champion of public lands. Congressman Gianforte. Yeah, I, I oppose the transfer of the state uh, of, public, of federal lands. That's notable because as we've reported on this show, both the Montana GOP and the Republican National Committee have pretty clear language in their party platforms to do exactly that. So it begs the question, if Greg Gianforte truly does oppose the transfer of public lands, why hasn't he tried to change his party platform as one of its top leaders? Gianforte and Cooney also met for a debate a few days earlier on Saturday hosted by Montana Television Network. That's when Lieutenant Governor Cooney needled Congressman Gianforte over his controversial 2009 lawsuit over Montana's important and popular stream access law. You know, let's talk about public lands. Mr. Gianforte came to Montana from New Jersey, and the first thing he did is he sued us, the people of Montana, the owners of our public lands, to keep us from having access to the Gallatin River because he didn't want to deal with it. It's outside the windows of his million-dollar mansion. You know, he has a running mate who has led the charge to try to strip Montanans of our stream access law. He supports people like Mr. Pendley the whole, to, to lead the BLM. Let's just sell off our public lands. It's just wrong. That's not the record Montanans want. Congressman Gianforte conveniently blamed his lawsuit on a surveying error. Montana's stream access law, by the way, is something William Perry Penley opposes. Of course, the candidates covered a wide range of topics, and both debates are worth a watch. We have links to both of them in our show notes. Former Commissioner of Political Practices, Montana's top ethics and political watchdog, is raising some red flags about some of the Congressman Greg Gianforte's stock investments. John Modell and Attorney General Tim Fox have both pointed out that Gianforte has bought stock options in businesses that are supplying services and products responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. Essentially, what Modell and Fox are saying is that Gianforte, as a federal elected official, used insider information to invest in some of these companies at the beginning of the pandemic and then turned around and made a huge profit. This is obviously problematic for a number of reasons, but you wouldn't actually be surprised given Gianforte's record of only looking out for himself. The League of Conservation Voters, our national affiliate, has recently announced two Montana candidates as additions to their Dirty Dozen list. This list is a collection of candidates for public office who consistently side against the environment and our public lands. Greg Gianforte, Republican candidate for governor, and Jennifer Fielder, Republican candidate for the Public Service Commission, are two recent additions to the Dirty Dozen list. Gianforte has routinely sided with special interest groups, like when he introduced a bill that would roll back protections for over 700,000 acres of public lands in Montana. State Senator Jennifer Fielder is well known in the conservation world for being one of the biggest advocates for selling off federal lands. She's the CEO of the American Lands Council, an extreme anti-public lands organization, and as state senator, she has introduced bills advocating for transferring land to state management, and she's also voted against several common-sense conservation measures. Both Fielder and Gianforte are running for public office this year, and we sincerely hope the voters of Montana join us in rejecting these extreme politicians. 
If you've been watching some of the election debates, you've probably heard about how forest management is solely to blame for wildfires and not climate change. We at MCV know that that's not true, and we're happy to learn of a new plan heading to Governor Bullock that addresses forest management through a holistic approach and the need to act on climate solutions now. The Montana Forest Action Advisory Council is seeking public comment on their plan until October 23rd, and a final plan will be sent to Governor Bullock in December. We'll be sure to include a link for listeners interested in learning more or commenting on the plan in the show notes. Switching gears, last Friday, Department of Energy Secretary Dan Bruyette visited Coal Strip and the nearby Rosebud Coal Mine at Senator Daines's request. The visit was to promote the Trump administration's so-called all-of-the-above energy strategy. Now, what does that mean? Let's take a listen to Secretary Bruyette's definition in this clip from KTVQ-TV. All of the above means that we're going to pursue all forms of energy here in the United States. That includes renewable energy, it includes coal, it includes nuclear power, it includes hydropower. And the reason we do that is because it provides consumers options. And when they have options, they have a competitive marketplace, they have lower prices for energy, not only here in Montana, but all across the world, all across our country. We're glad Secretary Briette mentioned renewable energy, but hosting this discussion at a coal plant makes it pretty clear they have no intent of actually increasing renewable energy, which is what consumers want. In fact, according to a poll earlier this year, over half of Montana's voters want to increase the use of renewable energy sources to 100%. Let's make no mistake about what this event at Coal Strip was. Senator Daines, Congressman Greg Gianforte, and State Auditor Matt Rosendale all cozying up to the Trump administration during an election year when they are all in tight races to either hold onto their seats or gain even more power. Clara Stein, our newest member of the MCV cast crew, welcome aboard. You've been following some good news about the new public land in Montana. Yes, I sure have, Murph. This week, the city of Helena made an exciting acquisition, 54 acres of beautifully maintained land on the base of Mount Helena. The donation came from our friends at the Prickly Pear Land Trust. According to Prickly Pear, this beautiful property fits like a puzzle piece in Helena's public park system, bordering the Helena Lewis and Clark National Forest, the Mount Helena City Park, and Montana State Trust Land. This addition provides critical continuity to Helena's park system, providing Montanans and future generations opportunities for recreation on hundreds of acres of pristine new public land. This week, Montana conservation voters joined some of our colleagues in the movement to launch the Public Lands Coalition for 118 and 190. We joined an event at Spring Meadow Lake State Park in Helena to set our sights on two initiatives that Montana voters will weigh in on in the coming days. And that's where we caught up to this week's guests. Under a clear blue sky and golden leaves, MCV joined the Wild Montana Action Fund, the Montana Wildlife Federation, and the Trust for Public Land to urge Montana voters to support Initiative 190 and Constitutional Initiative 118. We've covered these ballot measures previously on MCV Cast, but with just days until Election Day, we're upping the ante because of how important these two measures are for public lands across our state. We like to think of these two initiatives as a binary star. Sure, they are two different points of light, but they are seen as one effort, and that is permanent, reliable, and significant funding for our state's public lands. 
Initiative 190 allows for the legalization, regulation, and taxation of limited amounts of recreational cannabis for adults 21 and over in Montana. Constitutional Initiative 118 simply adds two words to Montana's Constitution to define an adult, for the purposes of cannabis consumption, as someone 21 or over. We understand there may be confusion as to why this effort requires two ballot initiatives, so let's just clear this up. I-190 changes the law to allow for the sale, consumption, and taxation of recreational marijuana. CI-118 has to be paired with it in order to ensure that cannabis consumption is limited to adults 21 and over. CI-118 simply adds the two words, and marijuana, to the part of our constitution that sets the alcohol age at 21. So if you support the idea of legalizing recreational marijuana and using the tax revenue to fund our public lands, vote yes on both measures to make it happen. Another way to put it, we do not support legalizing and regulating marijuana for anyone under the age of 21. So why are Montana's largest public lands and conservation organizations behind this effort? In a single word, opportunity. Nearly half of the tax revenue generated through this effort is dedicated to funding state-owned public lands, which is part of Montana's $7 billion outdoor recreation economy and the 70,000 jobs that rely on that economy. That crunches out to about $18 million per year for non-game wildlife, for trails and recreation, for our state parks, and for Habitat Montana, which increases access to our public lands. After studying this plan carefully, MCV saw this opportunity and determined it was right for our mission to better fund the outdoor places we own that are, sadly, chronically underfunded. This week, MCV Cast is pleased to share the wise words from our friends and allies at the Wild Montana Action Fund, the Trust for Public Land, and the Montana Wildlife Federation. Here's Nick Jivok, Conservation Director of the Montana Wildlife Federation. So, you know, these measures together would would really be game changers for our state's best conservation and access program, and that is Habitat Montana. Uh, We have a long history in Montana of being at the forefront of wildlife conservation, and uh, largely through the protection of vital winter range for deer, elk, and other big game, as well as other native wildlife species. Uh, our, Our system of wildlife management areas is really second to none. They provide that crucial winter range when big game needs it most, and it's a big reason why we enjoy the abundance of wildlife that we do today. Um, Habitat Montana is essential as a stable source of funding for projects like the proposed Big Snowy Mountains Wildlife Management Area near Judith Gap. This would be a 5,600-acre wildlife management area in a part of the state with one of the largest elk herds in Montana, as well as numerous other wildlife species. Habitat Montana is also essential for our agriculture industry and wildlife by funding conservation easements with willing private landowners. These easements allow families who make their living off the land to plan for the future and strengthen their agricultural operations while also extending public hunting access to their lands. Now, both the fee title purchases for wildlife management areas and private land conservation easements serve an essential role in increasing public access for public hunters, anglers, and recreational users. Um, These open up uh, not only access to the lands involved in these projects, but also also often adjoining public, uh, adjoining landlocked and and public lands. 
So when you look at these projects, nearly everyone has a public has public lands involved that result in a far larger footprint than the lands that are specifically covered by the project. In Montana, we have an estimated 1.5 million acres of public lands that are inaccessible to the public, and Habitat Montana is essential to opening these lands up. Um, it's essential for the landowners who participate in these programs. Every one of these projects that we put together, they're complex. They involve a variety of funding sources, including federal matching private conservation organization, as well as donations by the landowners of the value. So Habitat Montana has helped conserve and open up more than 880,000 acres of lands, and it's crucial that we keep investing in it to do solid conservation work that benefits all Montanans, and that's why we're standing here in support of this today. That was Nick Jivak of the Montana Wildlife Federation. Dr. Kasia Booker also weighed in on the importance of I-190 and CI-118. Kasia is the Policy and Advocacy Director at the Wild Montana Action Fund, which is affiliated with the Montana Wilderness Association. Wild Montana Action Fund builds the political power necessary for protecting and conserving public lands and wild places across the state by elevating the voices of Montanans who cherish our outdoor way of life. Wild Montana Action Fund is proud to endorse I-190 and CI-118, which together would legalize marijuana use by adults over the age of 21 and generate $18 million in much-needed revenue for conservation in Montana. A study conducted last year by Headwaters Economics found $60 million of unmet conservation needs for working lands, wildlife, trails, and state parks. If any of you, like me, have spent time outdoors this summer, you have seen that need firsthand. Montana has some of the best parks and trails in the country. Of course, we have a lot to work with. This is one of the most beautiful places in the world, as you can see looking around here today. But it's also the result of the investments we've made over the last hundred years to acquire these lands, to build and maintain the infrastructure that allows us to experience them. And that's an investment that's paid off not just in terms of our outdoor recreation economy, but in terms of our quality of life. Very windy. <laughs> this year we've relied on the outdoors more than ever as a place of solace, as a source of healing, as a space where we can safely get together with family and friends to have fun and create new memories. And we've used them more than ever before. In just the first six months of the year, almost one and a half million people visited our state parks a 25% increase over the previous year. Even without looking at the numbers, anyone here probably could have told you just by their own experience that more people than ever have been taking advantage of our parks and trails. Campgrounds have been filling up every weekend, parking at trailheads stretches down the road. I remember driving up Sealy Swan in July and just seeing sign after sign saying campground full, campground full, campground full, and that was on a Thursday. Seeing the degree to which we are relying on these special places, it's clear we're not doing enough to protect them and we're putting them at risk for the future. At the same time, we need more, more access, more trails, more campgrounds, more places to get away. And we do not currently have the resources to do that. State Parks has a $25 million maintenance backlog and that's just to maintain what we currently have. It doesn't take into account the increased use we're seeing now and that we'll see into the future. So it's not hyperbole to say it's more important now than ever to invest in these special places. Our need for public lands, parks, and trails is greater than ever before, and we're visiting them in numbers larger than we've ever seen. 
It's clear that these ballot measures and the revenue they generate for public lands, 18 million per year, come at a critical time. The 11 other states that have legalized marijuana have generated over $6 billion in revenue. Montana should join them. We should pass I-190 and CI-118 so that we too can share in this revenue and use it to make much needed investments in our public lands so we can continue to enjoy them and experience them for generations to come. Here in our state, we've always developed unique solutions to support our public lands. These initiatives fit that bill. It's time to better fund Montana's great outdoors by passing both I-190 and CI-118. That was Wild Montana Action's Dr. Kasia Booker. Again, we're listening to remarks from the participants who joined MCV this week at Spring Meadow Lake State Park in Helena to kick off the Public Lands Coalition for 118 and 190. Here's David Weinstein, the Western Conservation Finance Director for the Trust for Public Land. First and foremost, I'm here today because I love the state of Montana. Uh, I was thinking yesterday about some fishing I was doing um, and just what it is to be fishing in the fall this time of year in creek bottoms with open vistas all around and how special that is and what it means for the soul. And I just want to make sure that the, the same Montana that I've fallen in love with is available for future generations. I work for the Trust for Public Land. We are a national nonprofit conservation organization that's dedicated to creating parks and protecting land for people for, to ensure healthy, livable communities for generations to come. I direct uh, TPL's Western Conservation Finance work, and whether at TPL or other organizations, I've been working for nearly a decade to figure out how to create a dedicated source of funding for conservation in this state. And that is why I'm so excited to share the stage with these great conservation allies uh, and to voice TPL's very proud support to pass both CI-118 and I-90 for the state of Montana to ensure a lasting legacy of conservation work for years to come. You know, there are myriad reasons to pass both 118 and 190, not the least of which is what it means for federal matching dollars that will pour into this state. As some of you well know, after decades of funding fights in Washington, D.C., the conservation community achieved one of the most important federal parks and public lands packages of our generation just this year. Two months ago, the president signed into law the Great American Outdoors Act, which, among other things, will permanently and uh, will fully and permanently dedicate funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund, or LWCF. This stable, predictable public funding of $900 million a year will be a transformative force for Montana's public lands and its communities that rely on the outdoors for health, for solace, for inspiration, for its economies, um, and so much more. The Trust for Public Land has used Habitat Montana to unlock LWCF funds uh, throughout our state from the conservation of prime hunting lands around the, in the Kootenai Forest, the protection of working timberlands in the Stillwater Forest, down to recreation, making sure that we've got recreation on Bozeman Pass, protecting national historical trails around Lolo Creek, and so much more. All told, when we've been able to utilize federal, state, and local funding, TPL has protected more than 800,000 acres throughout the state of Montana. But this work is getting more difficult. Just a few years ago, we did pass that inevitable but somewhat dubious milestone. We've got more than a million people in the state of Montana. What's more, excuse me, um, with more people comes pressure on farmers and ranchers that, um, you know, face conversion of their lands. Fishing access points and trailheads are only getting more crowded. 
And of course, development pressures will continue to increase. And despite these challenges, this growth and these pressures, currently only 3% of the Montana state budget is dedicated to land, water, and wildlife. The passage of 118 and 190 will help Montanans make the much needed investments we need to conserve our land, water, and wildlife for future generations. These initiatives, as we've heard, will generate some $18 million a year and probably more in the future. Um, and that will be a major windfall for conservation in the state of Montana. And what's more, after the passage of the Great American Outdoors Act, Montana will be better prepared to unlock many millions of dollars more in federal funding uh, to make sure that we get the match required by so many programs of LWCF and to ensure that those funding gaps that invariably, <laughs> invariably arise in all of our work can be filled. This is a tremendously exciting moment for Montana. We have the opportunity to vouchsafe the legacy of working lands, the open spaces, and the clean water that make us the last best place. 118 and 190 will help us do just that by providing new resources and the momentum to collaboratively expand the benefits of the outdoors and parks into our communities that need them the most. So thank you so much for your time today. This is an opportunity we can't miss. And with that, I'll hand it back over to Aaron Murphy. Thank you, David, Kasia, and Nick. Uh, we appreciate everybody being here. I wanna summarize this one more time because it's very important. In a matter of days, most Montanans will begin receiving their ballots in the mail. Those ballots need to be received by their local elections office by 8 p.m. on November 3rd. On those ballots, two intertwined initiatives that boil down to one thing that is very important for everybody here today, and that is funding our public lands owned by the state of Montana. Places like this, these are the treasures of the treasure state. These votes are votes for those public lands. And with that, I will be happy to take any questions or we can offline those if you'd rather, but uh, we appreciate you being here today. The Montana Television Network covered this week's event and asked Murph why MCV and our colleagues are supporting this effort to fund public lands now. So we see this as an opportunity that's, that's coming our way no matter what. So we'd rather get ahead of it and make sure that our public lands get the funding from that that they deserve. And you can find more information about these two initiatives and what they mean for Montana online at publiclandsformontana.org. Again, MCV's Board of Directors has endorsed both I-190 and CA-118. That's yes to both measures because of their significant impact on public lands funding. And Whitney Tani, voters will get to weigh in on these issues very soon. As a reminder, ballots are mailed Friday, October 9th, and will land in your mailboxes as early as Saturday and then again on Tuesday as Monday is a federal holiday. For your vote to count, ballots must be received by your local election offices by 8 p.m. on November 3rd. All MCV members received their endorsement guides in the mail last month, but we also have a full list of our endorsements at mtvoters.org endorsements. In other endorsement news, former Montana Governor Mark Roscoe announced that he would be voting for Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. It's also that time of year when Montana newspapers announce their endorsements of various candidates for public office. It's important to note that these endorsements are typically decided by editorial boards, not the reporters who cover these candidates. The Bozeman Daily Chronicle recently announced their endorsements of Steve Bullock for Senate, Kathleen Williams for Congress, Mike Cooney for Governor, and Zach Brown for County Commission. All MCV endorsed candidates as well. We're excited to announce today that the full video of MCV's virtual gala on October 1st is now online.
There's a link in our show notes, but it's also at bit.ly slash MCV 2020 gala, all one word. This is a great chance for everyone who couldn't attend last week to see all that the MCV team accomplished this year, thanks to the financial supporters of MCV and the MCV Education Fund. Hear from MCV's board members and elected leaders. Also, if you're looking for a new way to cook the trout you caught this weekend, be sure to hop in around the 27-minute mark for a mouth-watering demonstration from Top Chef finalist Doug Adams. We had a lot of fun, didn't we, Clara? This week, we leave you with a new TV ad from MCV's endorsed candidate for auditor, Shane Morajot. Shane, a longtime champion of conservation as a state representative, is running against San Diego's Troy Downing. You have to check out the link to this ad in our show notes because, let's just put it this way, I'd hate to see what would happen if Greg Gianforte tries to body slam Shane Morajot. Go vote for Shane. My opponent's not from Montana. He's from San Diego. And that's why I couldn't get a hunting license here. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a problem for me. In Helena, I worked with both parties to protect Montana's way of life. And as auditor, I'll work to protect health care for folks with pre-existing conditions. Crack down on short-term junk insurance. And investment fraud. So that you can enjoy what really matters. <laughs>